somebody that is working tirelessly to actually build something of value. Um, and then I knew I was speaking to Aaron. Anyway, this is a, the, the most negative way to start an interview. I don't do that. <laughs> okay, everybody, uh, welcome to the Metaverse Show. Aaron McDonald and I were having an offline rant about <laughs> crypto, Web3, FTX, weaponized attention, monetized degeneracy. I don't know. Whatever we were doing, we were <laughs> I, I think it was me. I think I started off being like really upset because I, I literally just got off this thing with the lunar guy speaking with the Skrillex guy. And I was just like, this is the worst. This is the worst aspect of crypto and web three. This is what makes me embarrassed to say I work in the space when you speak to normal, hardworking people. Um, and then I knew I was speaking to Aaron, right? And somebody that is working tirelessly to actually build something of value. Um, anyway, this is a, the, the most negative way to start an interview. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever started an interview uh, that negatively when I'm so excited about a particular guest, but it was such a contrast to me, right? I'm mm. watching founders that have blown up, like knowingly defrauded or blown up um, retail interests in the crypto space. Um, and they're kind of basking in their notoriety. And in parallel, you've got like, 90% of the industry who are building, working really hard, really ethical, um, who, who don't get the, the same limelight because it's not as sensational, right? It doesn't, it doesn't lead to, to the same title in the headline. Um, and actually, you know what? I'm glad with such a negative start that I'm, I'm actually talking to one of my favorite people in Web3. Um, so let, let's let's shift gears into in, into a more positive framing. But I, I hope they don't cut out my rant at the beginning because <laughs> you know there are no, moments I, like when you're in a space for what a near decade and and yeah. you're working really hard and you're doing things the right way and you're thinking about reputation and values and then somebody comes along and just fucks it for everybody. Um, yeah. And regulators are going to be up our asses now for the next two years, rightfully so. Anyway, my rant's over. How are you doing, Aaron? How are you feeling about space? No, I, I, look, um, I think you're exactly right. And I, I've kind of described crypto a little bit um, in the past as the liquid attention economy. You know, in the past, we've had the ability for content, no matter how exciting or degenerate it is to drive um, virality. Um, but now we can attach money to that virality and capital can move at the speed of attention which is which is actually an exciting thing and it's and it if you look at it kind of at the base level but it has both positive and negative outcomes um and i think unfortunately it's kind of not going to go away i mean as the world becomes a more digital space and you know we're here to talk a little bit about the metaverse um you know the the ability for um, money to follow attention is, is going to only going to get easier and easier and only going to become more and more relevant. Um, so I think, you know, in a sense, we're seeing the early stages of something that will become more per pervasive and we're kind of deep in it. And it's, I'd agree with you that it's not, it's not nice to be trying to be a responsible builder and to build something with long-term value in the middle of stuff blowing up around you from what seems to be stupid, you know, decisions. Um, but it's, you know, it's a facet of the world we live in and we've just got to keep going through and keep doing what, you know, keep on our mission and, and, and staying true to what we're trying to achieve. Eventually it prevails, you know, um, probably if you look back in history at any markets as they're evolving, they go through these kind of cycles, probably not as amplified as, as it is now because of the internet and, and this, um, you know, ability to move capital at the speed of information. But those same patterns have probably happened before. Um, we just get to see them in real time and high definition being played out on, on the internet. 
Um, and so, um, so it's, it's a new reality in a sense. It's a, it's an awful reality in a sense, and it's a beautiful reality in a sense. Um, you know, builders like us and you are just going to keep doing our thing and, and, um, and the, ultimately the technology will prevail and the user experiences that people love will prevail and, um, we'll get past, you know, this phase in my view. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it is a, a kind of form of radical free market fundamentalism, right? As and, is, it is. And then you have this, this. I don't know if it's amplified or it's in the DNA, as you say, the attention economy. It's this convergence of, of, of the two things, right? Um, but anyway, let's step back. So, I mean, I'm assuming everyone knows who you are, but maybe they don't, right? Maybe <laughs> they don't know who I am. Maybe they're listening to the podcast for the first time. Um, so you are founder at what is now called Futureverse. Um, yep. People have may previously uh, understood you as Fluff World. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about what Futureverse is. You mentioned a metaverse at, at one point. I'm sure lots of people are thinking, isn't that over? You know, isn't, <laughs> isn't, isn't meta... Uh, laying off loads of people, you know, it's lost I, I, it's something today, like more in its share price than anything in the SAP or something. It's just been hammered, right? And, and everyone's like, meta, metaverse, it's about VR. So, yeah. you know, is, is that dead? I think it depends on your, your definition because um, I think what meta was building was dead probably 10 years ago. Um, you know, we had the Sims. I don't think that is what's exciting about the metaverse or what makes it unique or different. You know, one of the things that you know, that we that you needs to be true when you're um, trying to take consumers on a product journey um, and introduce them to something is they need to be something that you haven't been able to do before. And it can be actually a really terrible experience in most parts, as long as there's one thing that was never possible before. Um, and so, um, so, if we step back and say, well, what is the metaverse? Well, first of all, it's just the internet. So is the metaverse going away? If you believe the internet's going away, then yes. If you don't believe the, if you believe the internet's here to stay, then it's, it's staying too. Um, the, the, the thing that makes it a little bit different than the internet before, um, is that, um, we have these new, um, this new architecture, which allows um, for the possibility of better community ownership and decision-making and participation in the economy of the internet. And so um, in my mind, the metaverse is just the internet with an increasingly immersive experience um, where um, the boundaries between silos that existed before in the user experience um, across social and commerce and finance and gaming um, become blurred and that becomes a more kind of integrated user experience and where um, users have better choices about um, the th- things that are valuable on the internet. Um, and we have this kind of mantra within the Futureverse, which is, no matter where you are, you're in the Futureverse because the future, Futureverse isn't an app. We've had games before that you can run around and do stuff. The Futureverse is, and the, and the Metaverse is actually at the data layer. It's about portability of your identity. It's about portability of your um, social graph. It's about portability of your communications. It's about portability of um, your assets. That's what makes the Metaverse interesting. And that's the thing we haven't been able to do before. Um, and so if we think of the metaverse as the internet that's more immersive, that has a more integrated user experience and where users are in control of those things, those, those assets and those, um, their identity and their data and their friends, then, then that is a killer proposition that is not going to go away. All right. So let, let's pull back. Um, aren't you the fluff guy? What, what's, <laughs> what's, what's the future verse? Yeah, no. So, um, I think like my, so you know, we started this journey more than six years ago with a mission to um, make it easier for consumers to engage with Web3 technology and make it 
um, and making a more seamless user experience for integrating different apps aspects of your lifestyle into this technology. That was the, the first white paper I wrote. Um, I didn't even publish, but it had these goals in it and it described an architecture which had, you know, applications that interacted with each other um, supported by a data layer that had those important things to us. We didn't call it the metaverse at the time because that wasn't a phrase that was out there. But if you if you look at, um, you know, what's transpired in terms of um, technology since then, that's exactly what we, we're, we're still doing. Um, so we spent, you know, years researching and building the technology side of things. Um, and in the last couple of years, um, looking at the content funnels um, to bring people and users into the space, you know, like any great technology um, revolution, it's been driven by content. Um, and so the fluff guy was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. It's like, how do you create engaging content that starts to bring people into this technology and um, show them the things they can now do differently on the internet that they than they used to be able to do. And we've been really kind of targeting um, that 95% of people that never touched Web3 before and how do you bring them into this into this space? Um, and so, um, you know, there are now, I think, 11 companies which we've been working with over the last six years um, to do bits of that puzzle that we've brought together um, to create one big vertically integrated organization called the Futureverse, which has got both this technology side, we're calling the open metaverse operating system and the content side, which is a mix of our, you know, really great first party, you know, web three native content and increasingly um, brand partnerships like the one we recently launched with FIFA um, to go out and attack um, new users in those market segments. We think are really important to, um, driving people into this new infrastructure and, and into the open metaverse. So we kind of alluded to the yeah. futureverse in the context of the metaverse. Um, you mentioned there are several organizations that are being rolled up into like a mega play. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But maybe before we do that, I just want to come back to this um this strategy, right? So you guys, and by you guys, I mean, there's lots of people, lots of people behind the scenes, you know, you, your brother, but but plenty of other people. Um, and you've been working on this for some time. You are bona fide Web3 crypto OGs. You've been in the space for some time, both investors, builders. Um, and as you say, you know, you've kind of been building out almost venture studio style elements of a stack and i don't think many people have glimpsed that stack right actually as you say they first glimpsed the content or ip universe fluff world being one of them and then gradually you've been introducing these primitives these this this, uh, kind of components of a stack normally always with a with a content piece, with a, some some kind of law, which is interesting, introducing infrastructure via law. I've never seen anybody do that. Um, yeah, it's really it looks important. Insane from the outside, right? You're looking at going. Yeah. They're just dropping all these characters, and I'm not sure how what's going on. If it's together, and there's this. Sometimes you allude to the fact that this is a communications layer, or this is a. Mm. So let's let's just before we go into the detail, let's just talk about. It's almost like a reverse rollout. Most people talk about the infrastructure primitives and then they start introducing content and storytelling. You started, yeah. at least externally, with the, the characters, the lore, the storytelling, which tells the story of the stack, the infrastructure, right? Is that a good way to mm. frame it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, so what we actually started with was the user experience journey and um what we what we did way back then in 2016 was map out what is a um, what is a day in the life of a person look like and what are the things they touch in their life and how does technology intersect with those things and what's the ideal user experience for them to be able to like you know jump into one thing and then 
go from there easily into all the other things that they do in their life. And um, it's kind of map out the, the product life cycle of a human. And, um, and, and then we, we went from there and said, well, what things need to be true in the user experience to um, make it as simple for someone to use this technology as they would to sign up for an email address, you know, um, in this mantra of kind of almost the opposite of crypto, which is like, let's just make the technology invisible instead of shoving it in your face. Um, and so we did, you know, the research on what those different problems to solve were. Um, we got a bunch of people building out different parts of um, the, that solution stack. Um, and then it's like, well, how do you take something that is actually com- complicated under the hood and um, bring it to consumers in a non-confrontational way? And storytelling is, is a great way to do that. And so, as you rightly pointed out, when we are building, you know, and releasing something like the altered state machine, which is like, you know, how do we connect the ownership of artificial intelligence agents and training to consumers? Well, what better way to do that than make it a game, you know? And as people start to engage with the content, um, we start to drip feed these things you can now do. And now you understand how that part works and you can drip feed the next bit and you understand that part's work. By the end of it, you have a consumer that's educated on what an AI is and how it works and how they can train it and how they can own it. Um, but if we went out to the market and said, come and own an AI and do all this kind of stuff without the content layer, it'd be, you know, there'd be a small segment of the world that can, can touch that. And so by I leading with... Right? I mean, AEAs, autonomous economic agents, have been around yeah. for as long as Ethereum's been around conceptually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet most people just can't get how that's relevant how they can experience it it feels yeah. far off yeah. um but you introduce and only a tiny only characters a tiny with brains yeah. and you yeah. know visualize the difference between brains and all of a sudden yeah. i don't know i think you, yeah it's interesting that you've educated a whole class of person as to the potential of an aea right and even and that's just the beginning i mean i think you know, you look at um what's happening now um with the the fifa rollout I would I would bet that 95% of the people that sign up for this, and so far, you know, looking at the stats, um, that's probably true, don't even know that this is connected to a blockchain. Yeah. Don't know that there are NFTs involved, you know, and um, didn't know when they signed up that they got an account on the network and they got a, you know, digital identity and all the other things that we talk about in crypto and Web3, um just came with being part of this experience. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep pulling you back, right? Because there's so much here. I mean, this is probably going to be quite a long podcast. I don't know how long we've got, <laughs> but, but there's so much. I'm going to have to keep pulling you back to, to the basics, right? So that was the approach. Um, I, I definitely want to get to the FIFA thing because it's, it's super exciting. But so, so we've got the future verse. You mentioned several companies. We yeah. mentioned Altered State Machine as the... AA or intelligence layer. There's also yeah. communications layer. Could you just talk through, let's talk through the stack um, in its yeah. like in entirety. Let's talk about the entities and the teams behind each element of those stacks, just so people get a holistic view. And then also some of the stats. So I was on a board call, board meeting call with you uh, yesterday, and you were talking about some of the stats in terms of um, – wallets and uh, amounts of different pieces of IP per wallet. Um, so let, let's start with the stack. Let's talk talk about the entities, the teams, and then let's talk about the numbers behind this. Because for all intents and purposes, this is the leading, I don't know, what we're going to call it. Like you could call it NFT franchise. You could call it metaverse play. This is this is a, a, a sleeping giant, right? This is beyond some of the more high-profile projects. Yeah, and so if we start with the stack, um, I think I mentioned earlier that our view of the metaverse is um, about the portability of the data layer. Um, and so the stack is really focused on um, those critical elements that make up um, that metaverse of data that you want to be able to take between applications. 
Um, and it's all grounded in, um, you know, community run infrastructure, blockchains. Um, you need something to anchor this stuff in that is persistent and can exist outside of the control of a company. If you really truly believe in ownership um, on the internet, there's no other way to do it other than run your applications or the anchors of your applications and that data on um, community-owned infrastructure. So there's the root network at the, at the base layer. Um, and this provides us with, you know, storage and compute to start to build other protocols on top of that people can genuinely own the assets that sit behind them. Um, the next really important part is identity, um, you know, and identity is um, a key part of um, what we think what we think is the way to deliver that seamless user experience. If you think about, you know, watching Ready Player One, for example, and seeing people jump between these different worlds and applications, you know, that's driven by a portable identity. Um, and so we have a W3C decentralized digital identity that sits on top of that um, and provides the ability for both users and um, digital, you know, avatars to become, um, become uh, digital identity holders in the ecosystem. And then you can start to build layers of metadata on top of that digital identity. Um, then, then you've got your social, you know, um, aspects of the internet. So we want to be able to take our friends with us between applications. We want to be able to have our communications follow us, our chats follow us, or um, have our notifications follow us as we go between these different applications. And so we have a protocol that is connected to your digital identity, that's connected to your account on the on the network. Um, that means that when I go from application to application, I can take those things with me. And so, um, and then the last bit is assets. Um, so you attach wallets to those things, and that allows people to carry assets, and you build bridges between um, different networks, so that people can. Um, you know, have transportability across applications within the, the infrastructure side of things. And that makes up the kind of base layer of technology that, um, that we'd call the Futureverse. Um, we make it, we're making it easy for developers to pick that up and so that they can integrate the Futureverse SDK into their web apps or their mobile apps um, and, um, and, you know, have users get access to all those cool features and onboarding um, experience and then around that you've got a whole bunch of other technologies that are really focused on um, that end user um, onboarding and usability point of view specifically for new users so um, the two big things um, we've done in terms of um, that onboarding journey is um, one we designed a net, network and um, token structure that meant that users didn't have to understand about the network when they joined. Um, and so if you think of blockchains as just being like infrastructure, um, what we do right now in Web3 is that and imagine signing up to Netflix and then being asked in that process to go and set up a cloud account on Amazon Web Services. And then, you know, KYC in order to set up that cloud account and transfer some money from your bank if you're lucky to be able to pay for that cloud account. And then you could subscribe to Netflix. That's what we do with dApps right now in Web3. Um, and, and, and what we've done on the root, root network is obscure all of that by implementing this multi-token gas fee economy, which means users can onboard into an application without understanding that a network exists, without having to think about gas, you know, shift the burden onto the application developers to um, to provide that experience to the users, just like happens in the, the Web3 world right now. And then allow them to kind of grow up in their knowledge and then figure out, oh, I can do all these other things and, you know, I can start to be in a bit more control. The other part of that journey is our um, decentralized custody solution so again as a user coming on board you start in a place where um, you don't have to think about private keys or any any of that kind of thing but you always have the choice about taking control and so make the default experience really simple and then allow users to level up um, drip feed them and educate them through the content 
and then they can start to take more control themselves and become owners in the network and stakeholders in the ecosystem. Um, and then on top of that, there's a whole bunch of technology layers around um, the asset side of things. So generating assets, you know, either through our artificial intelligence um, side of the business with altered state machine, making objects with AI and, um, and like or generative, our, so generative art and stuff like that. Is, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we started with art, but really, um, and this is another thing to unpack, but if you look at like a lot of the, um, existing metaverse plays out there that rely on um, the creator economy. Um, m- you'll find most of them outside of um, things like Roblox, which are targeted at children, don't work. Um, you know, they don't have people building in them. Um, and that's a mix of, you know, time. You know, as you get older, you have less time to do that. Um, interest, you know, you probably want to go and with your spare time, you probably want to go and do stuff rather than build stuff. And um, and capability. Not everyone has the skills to go and do do a good job of that. And so we think that the creative economy is important, um, but we want to solve those other problems. So we've been creating AIs that build things with you um, so that you can be part of that creative economy, even if you don't have the skills all the time. Um, and so um, breaking down those barriers using tools like AI to make people cyborgs in the metaverse so they can have this extra assistant that helps them do things is a big part of um, how we're thinking about building out worlds and infrastructure and content. And then on the other side, there's, you know, character creator tools and asset pipelines and all the 3D engineering and stuff that goes behind that. And then you've got the content designers and game designers, and there's about eight different applications. Um, And so there's all these different bits that have come together um, to form what we think is the most comprehensive Web3 metaverse company in the world um, with some of the best technology and some of the best um, creative assets out there. Um, And we think, you know, the largest community of unique wallet holders across the existing ecosystem and some of the world's largest brands on board to help us reach those new audiences. So we're going to unpack those three things. And honestly, I mean, just even the idea that you are already ahead in enabling both economic and personal representation of people through agents is already a major leap. Um, When they are the things that are creating the worlds, filling with content, I mean, that's already an order of magnitude ahead. I mean, we, that's a whole episode in of itself. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, and maybe that should be a specific episode because it's something that's very close to my heart in that. And you can see it now with, um, what's it called, Magic? What's that yeah. whole? Yeah. I mean, it, it's already there. In, in, in crude form, you can already see it happening, right? And soon it's going to be 3D objects, And then it's going to be uh, at the edge um, of the personal consumption of a a piece of content. Yeah. Um, It's super fascinating, but like, yeah, we're not going to have time to talk about that. So the the three things that um, that you mentioned there, I think we we talked about stack. (laughs) Um, We alluded to, but we didn't give numbers on the outcome so far, like you mentioned wallets. Let's talk about the numbers. Let's talk about the community. Let's talk about Mm. um, how engaged, measures of engagement across IP franchises and everything else. And then I think the third thing is the partnerships, um, which again, I don't know, we're going to have time to talk about all of them um, from kind of native Web3 propositions, I, I guess we're going to talk about that one, right? I don't know. Um, and then also, uh, and then also, you know, you, you alluded to FIFA, but there's, there's several more. Let, let's, let's give the numbers because I think maybe half the audience right now, go, what the hell are these guys talking about? I've never heard of Futureverse. <laughs> like, yeah, how is this yeah. even on par with Yuga Labs? If you look at kind of some of the top line numbers, um, you know, There are close to probably more than now, um, but last time we measured um, 25,000 unique holders in the ecosystem of avatars within the Futureverse, um, which is 
um, which is we think the highest out there in terms of um, Web3 um, avatar collections. Um, the, uh, there are um, over 300,000 game-ready 3D assets out there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really important um, thing to be able to sh- demonstrate you can build content at that scale. If you want to onboard millions of users, you've got to give them millions of items of content or billions of items of content. So being able to scale content is really important. We have a really engaged community. You know, the average um, collector inside of our community collects one of each kind of character. Um, which I think is a really important thing um, and um, shows that um, people are connected to the story and the lore and they're playing the, the game that's been, the meta game that's been um, rolled out as these new collections start to intersect with each other. Um, almost a billion dollars of GMV. Um, so, you know, huge amount of volume across the ecosystem. Um, and, um you know, in terms of the size of the team I mentioned earlier, almost, um, you know, I think more, we'll be close to 400 people by the end of this year. We are, um, no, it's, it's fine. It's indicative. Um, yeah. It's two friends talking and, uh, you know, numbers could be higher or lower. Yeah. I mean, the fact is that it's a material raise in the depths yeah. of crypto. I would have said bear market for a very long time, and it actually looks like it could be a bit of a winter to a degree. So, um, it, it, however you look at it, it's a it's a it's a good outcome, right? Now you mentioned Ripple, um, and it'd be good for people to understand the linkage with XRP. Um, yeah. it's controversial, right? Um, and, <laughs> if, but, if you uh, look at the crypto space right now, it's probably one of the least controversial things out there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Um, it may, maybe I should have said it was controversial. Yeah. Um, but, but, but you had really good rationale as to why. You know, I, I talked you through yeah. it whilst that deal was happening. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I think it'd be good to kind of just talk about the, the, the logic behind it, right? Why you think that's a, it's, a, it's a win-win partnership. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, I think, um, you know, when we looked out at the landscape of um, partners in the layer one space that we could work with, um, what we what we wanted to do was a few things was, um, you know, be able to choose a partner that we thought was a grown up and that we could work with, um, you know, on a on a mature basis um, to construct a long term partnership together. We wanted to make sure that um the technology we were building was complementary to what they had. Um, and um, we wanted to make sure that we could deliver the user experience that we um, have um, designed, you know, all those years ago for, for onboarding lots of users. We also wanted to be able to like make sure we were playing in what I what I call blue ocean territory rather than red ocean territory. So where were communities that we could connect to that were, um, that we're able to give them something new to do. Um, and so when we put all of those things together, we found a great partner um, in, in the Ripple guys because they had a community that, um, you know, was very committed to them and um, and there was a huge amount of value there that um, they could start to do new things with um, when, when enabling them on the root network. Um, we were able to do the kind of integration with the network that added value to them and to us. Um, and so by, if you're trying to build a new network, one of the, the tricky things to do is to um, make it viable for new validators to join and to um, be able to um, get rewards that are liquid um, for their participation in network infrastructure. Um, and so our architecture and, and tokenomics design allows people to join and participate in the root network and be rewarded in a token that is already highly liquid. Um, and so they can, um, they can earn XRP as, um, as part of being a validator in the network, and that's immediately available for them to be able to monetize as a, as a professional validator. Um, you know, the process of onboarding users um, and being able to um, 
to give those users a seamless experience requires us to have this really um, cost-effective way to do transactions, and it's a network that has super low gas fees. Um, and so being able to put those two, two things together with a community that could now get some superpowers to use with their asset with an organization that's highly professional in the way that they operate, um, you know, made them a really great partner to go on this journey with, and they've been super supportive of us in this. And the controversy for whatever it is, I think now people are starting to realize that the fight isn't, um, you know, the regulator versus Ripple, it's the regulator versus the industry. Um, and there are now, you know, I think 12 um, firms that have teamed up on this on the side of Ripple to go at this lawsuit um, because everyone realizes, you know, any number of people could have been picked as a target in that. I think I've said it before, um, there'd be many targets they could have picked that would have been much worse for the industry um, yeah. because once those precedents are set, um, they're hard to undo. And um, and having a team that is professionally organized and well-funded to fight this probably is the best outcome for everyone in this space. Yeah, no, I mean, look, that is a, a huge point. Like, aside, uh, aside from all the, the technical ones, you know, Ripple are fighting a good fight in the U.S., they're probably the best set up equipped to, to do that fight for the industry because it creates pressure. They really are. I mean, once you spend time with the people in that business, they're extremely diligent. They care about what they're doing. They care about the community. Um, they care about making, um, you know, uh, providing utility and making the thing, thing a success for everyone. And they care about the industry. Um, you know, like I said, I've, I've dealt with a lot of people over the years and they're one of the most professional teams I've ever worked with. Apart from Outlaw Ventures, obviously. Apart from Outlaw Ventures. One of, I said. Goes without saying. <laughs> and, and disclaimer, you know, we are, a, we will be a, a major holder in um, what was Mycelium token, what is now the, the root token. Um, and it's been, it's been um, uh, a pleasure working with you on that. Now, let, let's go into the... Um, the partnerships. So I guess FIFA is probably the most high profile one. FIFA World Cup. Um, let's let's talk about that as a as a as a collection, a drop, a game, um, and then beyond that, I don't know how, how many other partnerships you're going to reveal. Um, I know there's a high profile native Web three franchise which is going to become part of this rollup is already part of this rollup which takes your wallet numbers and everything else to to the next level i believe above yuga labs um i'll, I'll let you tell those partner stories and in, in whatever sequence you, you 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 want to discuss them yeah i mean i think so to start off with what the cat that's already out of, out of the bag so um if, if you're not um aware we we're the first um, Web3 company to sign a deal with FIFA to produce a Web3 game. Um, so we're using our altered state machine protocol to build the um, FIFA AI World Cup game, which will launch, um, well, phase one has launched already, which is a pre-game, a prediction game that allows you to um, sign up, you know, get your friends, start to challenge them and, um earn points towards um, assets that will roll out in the, in the next phase of the game. Um, those, um, the next phase of the game is a, is a World Cup, but played by AIs. Um, so you get to own a team of um, AI football players that will compete against other people's team in the FIFA AI League. Um, and so we'll, we'll be able to, um, we'll be launching that at the end of the World Cup. Um, and so if your team didn't make it, um, you know, if we weren't successful at, at, at winning the the real cup, you have a second chance in the um, AI league. Um, so, really exciting partnership. I think you know, arguably the world's biggest brand. They have more countries signed to FIFA members than the UN has members. I mean, it's a, an absolute beast of an organisation. It's been a real privilege to have gone to be the first to go through this process with them and to um, you know to to do that six months of work to um, to to get this across the line and show them that we are um, building cool things that they can engage for their community. Um, you know, five billion um, fans 
in the in the FIFA audience, a single World Cup uh, match has more viewers than the Super Bowl does in the states. You know, this is the scale of the organization, um, and so I'm really excited about that. And it's part of our um, kind of five pillars of um, go to market channels. So in each one of these pillars, we've gone out and got one of the world's biggest brands um, to work with us on a um, on a particular element of our strategy so we can reach that audience and demonstrate the power of the Futureverse technology with those content formats. So sports is one of them. FIFA is one of a number of sports franchises that will roll out within the Futureverse. Um, the, the next one is mass market media. Um, so you can think of kind of mainstream um, media titles in that, in that category. Um, and we think we've, we've got probably the number one metaverse IP in the world signed up um, for that. Um, you don't we'll announce you that later. You might, I just, we, I, I can't, I need their approval before I could say it. Fine, 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 yeah. Fine. Yeah. Right. So, and I think if we, when we do that, we should just do a special, we should do a spaces or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, um, honestly, it, it, that that one is super cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it, it is literally when you say the word metaverse. <laughs> That's what comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, huge win. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's another couple of interesting um, projects in that same space. Um, then we've got um, the kind of, what we call in consumer goods, but you could put fashion into that. Um, and, uh, and we've got a really great consumer fashion brand, um, that we'll, um, release more information about. Um, and that will, um, that will help us kind of reach out into that wearable space a little bit more. You've probably already been aware of our partnership with Mintage, um, which is, which in, in that same category, we did a um, podcast with the Mintage team, um, a week or so ago, um, and um, and that that one I think is a really exciting one too. Uh, Mintage is founded by some really great um, uh, talent and personalities in the fashion space, um, and uh, and with Nick Adler on board, um, you know, backed by StockX, I think it's going to be a pretty 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 impressive play um, in the in the metaverse. Who has helped Snoop with his whole metaverse strategy? Also an ally yeah. member, by the way. We need we need to get you as formally as an ally member. But anyway, that's a different. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, yeah, and then we've got um, celebrity. So um, you know, being able to um, attract audiences through the celebrity and influencer channel, I think, is a really important one. Um, and um, we'll know you'll know that um, we've you know, announced our, our relationship with Keanu and his team. Obviously, we've done some cool stuff with Snoop. We've had some other great um, uh, celebrities come on board as, um, as um, co-creators with the content that we've released. Um, but keep deepening those relationships and some really marquee names um, that will come out in the future um, partnerships and the content side of things to keep kind of going deeper in, into um, – integrating with those content channels and create a creator economy channels. And then last is music. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty well known for our music, um, proposition and we're only going to get supercharged that more, um, you know, a whole host of artists, more than 20 artists. Now we've done collaborations with, uh, Warner music's an investor in the Futureverse. Um, we have a great, um, uh, resource in Shara, who's who's joined um, as a founder of the Futureverse, really deep in the music industry. Um, awesome contacts there, and and a whole host of uh, music names and brands and partnerships to launch through through that channel as well. So if you cover those five channels, you pretty much cover the gambit of entertainment. Um, so combine that with you know magical technology and user experiences linked to um, five channels the biggest channel channels in the world with the biggest partners in the world linked to a range of different applications that we can demonstrate the power of the Futureverse through and that seamless user experience. You put those together and I think that's probably the best example of what we think the open metaverse should be. Now, you didn't mention the acquisition of some 
native yeah there's another you know one of the things that we're um we're really excited about is to be able to integrate other web3 communities in this um and so we've been working with some of the largest um existing web3 communities and bringing some of those into the future verse we'll be able to announce more details about that shortly too i mean it's interesting of course it's not like it's not as interesting as fifa or all the other things you mentioned because that's where mass market is but it is interesting that there is of course the yuga labs center of gravity where they've been absorbing you know uh various franchises and i think is is good that there's another player in town that's also absorbing yeah. and integrating in um, native IP, both existing and future. Um, but then also bringing, um, you know, these major well-established, you know, hundred year old brand franchises into play as well. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, um, the marquee partnership in, in that space um, is a really great one. You know, it's an awesome community. It's great content. And it is one that I think can truly scale to a mass market audience. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like the notion that we're competing with Yuga because, to be honest, we're not. We're we're both trying to achieve the same thing. Um, you know, some really, um, you know, they've done some really cool things and they've um, been able to gar- you know create a really exciting brand around um, the apes and that's made its way into mainstream culture. You know, probably more than any other. Um, web3 technology outside of bitcoin um and um and so they're trying to fight the same fight we are they're trying to bring people into the open metaverse and the improbable team that's building their technology i have a lot of respect for because you know they're they're solid they they have the right you know thesis about this um about this the metaverse and um, although we're taking different approaches to how we deliver that user experience and build the content and the audiences out we're on the same mission and we're after the, we're all after the 95% of people who don't touch web three in the end. Um, and so, um, so I don't like to, us to be compared to them yeah. in any, any negative way, but just to say that we are, you know, at the same scale, you know, so we're a serious industry player and we want to um, encourage teams who want to build with us um and believe in our thesis and can see our technology delivering these outcomes and see our channels working to bring users in to come and talk to us too. Yeah. And look, I mean, what's interesting is you are, I would argue at the same scale as you get and improbable combined. That's yeah. how I yeah. kind of phrase it. And I had one of the improbable brothers on uh, the last episode. What's interesting mm-hmm. is another set of siblings uh, also yeah. <laughs> in, you know, Oceania is Australia part of Oceania? I don't know. Like, you yeah, know, it you're, is, it is. Yeah, Australasia, yeah, okay. Australasia. There you go. So you know, you're all in that part of the world. It's not where it's interesting that you're both a, a group of brothers, not just, of course, but coming out of Oceania, Australasia, like whatever. Um, yeah, there's some metaverse that's, that's magic you'd down, expect, down. Like here. you'd expect this to yeah. be in LA or Silicon Valley or I don't know, even yeah. London, but not 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 in that part of the world. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think, um, you know, one of, one of the things that, um, we have to, as an advantage, I guess, down here is, um, New Zealand especially has had this amazing, um, special, special effects, um, industry down here for television and movies that was pioneered by Sir Jackson and, and Jackson and, um, Sir, um, Richard Taylor from Weta. Um, and so they who built in, uh, huh? who were a partner. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. Um, and, um, and they, they built this incredible industry down here and talent down here of um, creators and crafters that has spawned, um, you know, a really robust gaming industry too. Um, and so um, we've got this enormous talent pool down here to kind of, um, dip into and start to build out um, uh, these exciting content properties from. Um, not to say that we're not international. I think we have people in 16 countries now, but um, it is actually a good base if you're building the metaverse from. And you look out there and some of the other big players um, in the Web3 um, metaverse space, like Immutable X, also, uh, you know, locally founded um, 
organization, you've got uh, VB, um, which is another Kiwi-founded company. So there's some big, big metaverse players are based down here. Look, super exciting. We're coming up on the hour. I'm a bit nervous that the I forgot whole... Animoca. Well, uh, yeah, Animoca, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. again, I think, uh, well, I don't know. I'm going to the, the launch of the London office tomorrow, Yeah, um, which is cool. I'll see Robbie there. Also a member of Outlier. Um, uh, we're coming up on the hour. Uh, we're going to have to get it short. I'm a bit nervous that the whole time it said Aaron is offline in this recording device. And so... <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, we're gonna do. We have to do that again. I mean, it's a pleasure, but um, <laughs> uh, it, it would be a shame to waste another hour of your life talking to me. But let's see. Never hopefully, a waste. It, no, no, no. Hopefully, hopefully it's worked out, um, and we, we get this recording out. But you know, I, I think there's still so many breadcrumbs that you've left there. Um, the next, you know, end of Q4 beginning of q1 is going to be super interesting i know we also might have some announcements um off the back of announcements announcements off announcements um <laughs> it, it is it is relentless you know now now is i think the time when this stuff the, the vision comes to life right all these things that might seem a little bit disparate yeah. start coming together and I'm, I'm super excited for you and the team congratulations on uh this year um and super looking forward to what happens in 23 yeah likewise and i think you know through to, to wrap up kind of where we started um in these times of terminal turmoil it's it's the people that do have that real vision that are genuinely trying to make a difference and are thinking about things long term that are going to shine through and and yeah 2023 the year of the rabbit i think uh you're going to see oh. that come to reality it's like you planned that. Did you plan that? I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't put it past you. Your chest. Uh, all right. Thanks so much, Aaron. Great to chat. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3. 